Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. This is Cruise Radio. Do yourself a favor and always cruise with travel insurance. You can find a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. A review of Carnival Elation today from Tony and Jenny, yeah, of Lalita Loco YouTube channel. If you haven't checked them out, make sure you do because uh, um, some great videos over there. And they just got off of, uh, well, they did Carnival Elation and also pretty much back-to-back uh, Oasis of the Seas. So uh, some good cruise footage over at the Lalita Loco YouTube channel. All right. With that said, Sherry Laskin is standing by with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Kind of sad news. A little bit of violence happening over in Mexico again. Yeah, again in Playa del Carmen. Uh, that's the mainland of Mexico right across the water from Cozumel. And it was the scene of more gang violence. Seven men were killed and an eighth was injured. So subsequently, the U.S. Department of State has issued a level two warning for Mexico, which really means visitors should exercise increased caution. The reason that they gave the listing is because of violent crimes such as homicide, kidnapping, carjacking and robbery. Cozumel I really don't think has has all of those problems. It's a nice little island. I love it. But again, you always have to be cautious no matter where you go. And if you're taking the ferry over to Playa del Carmen to go to Tulum or up to Cancun, you know, you just have to really be careful. And the CDC has released the 2018 norovirus report for cruise ships. What are the details? Yeah, well, it was a pretty good report this year. Only 10 ships had outbreaks of gastrointestinal illnesses that required reporting. And only five of those 10 ships actually had norovirus on them. In total, there were 547 cases of GI illnesses in 2018. And that is coming in at less than half of what was reported the previous year. So maybe people are washing their hands more. What's the number required that the ship has to report to the CDC? Yeah, 3%, I think it's called, um, there's like a lower level outbreak warning. Mm -hmm. And then as it increases, then it becomes code red and goes on from there. This next story really struck a lot of nerves because to, I guess, set it up, on New Year's Eve, John Heald, uh, Carnival's brand ambassador, said that Carnival would start charging for room service across the board. Everything is going to have a fee instead of some items being complimentary still and some coming with a fee. And then from there, you take it, Sherry. All right. Well, people did not like that idea. You know, they start, started to compare it with uh, Royal Caribbean and Norwegian that have a flat delivery fee rate. But when they saw Carnival charging from 2 to $6 per item for room service, uh, social media pretty much erupted into a frenzy of complaints and, and, and worse. So as you mentioned, John Heald got back on his Facebook page and he just reported that Carnival is undecided on charging these a la carte room service fees. And until further notice, there is no charge. And, uh, but 
don't think it's not going to come back around with something new. They're just trying to come up with something a little more palatable is what I would say. All right. So Venice is now charging a day visitor pass, kind of like our friends over in Amsterdam now. Yeah, very similar. Um, Venice is going to start charging a day fee for tourists who are not spending the night. Um, Venice gets about 24 million day trippers a year, just, you know, come in for the day, they walk around, they buy some things and they leave. Um, the fee is not exorbitant. It's 250 euro to 10 euro per person. If you're a student or if you happen to live in, uh, you know, across the water, um, you're not going to be charged if you're coming in and out for work or school or business. So that's not so bad. And they're saying it'll help defray some of the costs of keeping Venice, Venice, basically. You travel in Europe a lot, though. I mean, how bad are these crowds? And do you think we're going to start seeing more and more of these taxes? The crowds in Venice from, oh gosh, from April through now it's going through October, um, you know, peak season, it's elbow to elbow. You try to cross any of the bridges and especially if you have luggage, you can forget it. You're, you're just moving at a snail's pace over at uh, Piazza San Marco. It's just wall to wall people. Mm. And uh, even when it floods and everyone's walking on boards, um, half the people just go through the, the icky water because the boards are covered with people and they can't get on their foot on there. Another cruiser turned 100 years old on a cruise ship. Yeah, Rose Zellman is her name, and she turned 100 aboard Norwegian Epic. And it's actually the eighth birthday she has celebrated aboard a Norwegian ship. And it just all came about after her husband passed away. She made friends locally with a young man. His name is Omar Obeso. And he became an onboard concierge with Norwegian and he said to Rose, you know, you might like cruising. Why don't you try it? And of course she did. And she was hooked like we all are. So um, at, at her birthday party, um, the captain was there. Obeso was there. And they had a special dinner at Cirque Dreams. Um, and after dinner, they brought her onto the stage. She had birthday cake. And then they had a big balloon drop. So happy birthday, Rose. We have a review of Carnival Elation coming up later on in the show, so this next talking point is appropriate because the captain and crew of Carnival Elation were just recently recognized. The captain of Carnival Elation and his crew were recognized. They received an Exceptional Bravery at Sea Certificate Commendation from the International Maritime Organization. And the reason they received this award was they had rescued a stranded boater who happened to be in the path of what was it, Category 5, Hurricane Irma last year. And the way it all played out, Carnival Elation was heading away from the Bahamas into the Gulf of Mexico just to get away from Irma. And the captain received a distress message from the Coast Guard about a stranded fishing boat, and there was someone on board. So <laughs> this is kind of strange. The Coast Guard said they could not assist in the rescue, but Captain Gigliotti continued on course through 20-foot seas until... He reached the stranded boat, and uh, they had some crew members throw out hoisting lines and a harness, and they brought Edward Potter from Tampa on board. And nice ending to a rough, rough yeah. uh, day. We have two listener questions. Email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Martha has the first one. How much is the Sky Suite on the brand-new Celebrity Edge? Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> get out your pocketbook because I did some pricing. Um, I checked for March if you wanted to go then, and the, cheap, the cheapest price you're going to get for a Sky Suite on Edge is $5,699 per person. If you can hang on a little bit until November, it's a bargain, 
It drops down to $45.49 per person, and the out-the-door price with tax for two people is a mere $9,363. But, you know, don't get too distressed because you will have 24-hour butler service. You'll have access to the private retreat relaxation area. You'll get a premium beverage package and free Wi-Fi. I mean, if you can afford $10,000 for a cruise, (laughs) you know, buy your own drinks and Wi-Fi. Second question here is from Rachel. I have a quick question here about Carnival Sunshine. We are set to sail out of Charleston in August, but I'm confused. Our schedule says the boat departs at 6, but we have a 6 p.m. dining time. Do we just miss the sailaway party or miss eating? How does it work? Do they push back the dining time? Please help. Yeah, I have run into this on occasion. And unfortunately, 6 o'clock dining is 6 o'clock dining. And the 6 o'clock sail away just is a conflict. So, Rachel, you'll either have to make a decision if you're going to go to the sail away party or if you are going to be on time for the dining room at 6 p.m. Now, just do keep in mind that Carnival as other cruise lines have, they really close the doors pretty much 15 to 20 minutes after the assigned time for dining begins. So, I mean, I haven't heard of it actually happening, but they could tell you you're too late and come to the next seating. Well, the good thing about Sunshine is there's a lot of dining options outside of the main dining room. Like you have Gigi's on there, you have the Steakhouse, you have Cucina del Capitano, Bonsai Sushi. So, of course, you know, those are four-fee restaurants, but if you, you're you not going to go hungry, basically. No, there's plenty of options. You know, I wouldn't even worry about getting to the dining room on the first night at 6 o'clock because if you don't want to miss sail away, um, chances are whoever your table mates would be don't want to miss it either. Yeah. So you can catch up with them on the second night. And if, if there's still no fee for room service, there's always that option. <laughs> been talking with Sherry Laskett from CruiseMaven.com. We'll see you next week in San Juan. Absolutely. See you then. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at CruiseRadio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. So Tony and Jenny just returned from a five-night cruise right here out of Jacksonville, Florida to the Bahamas on uh, Carnival Elation. Tony, Jenny, welcome to the show. Hey, Hey, what's going on, Doug? Good, man. I'm glad to have you on the show. It was so cool meeting you pre-cruise. So let's talk about pre-cruise. Give us some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this five-night sailing from right here in Jacksonville? Well, Doug, uh, we are kind of new to the cruising game. We've only been cruising for the last couple years, and uh, we have a small community of cruisers that we've gotten to know virtually. And this was actually our first opportunity to connect with those folks and cruise in, uh, you know, cruise face to face. And so we thought Jacksonville would be a great port to go out of. It, it was kind of uh, decently located for everybody, and it offers a, offered us an opportunity to get on uh, really kind of a smaller ship with a short sailing. And so 
uh, yeah, we, we kind of targeted Jacksonville because we were familiar with Carnival's fantasy class ships, and it turned out to be a good spot for everybody to meet up. So you guys are up in Charlotte, North Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah, just uh, right in the, almost in the middle of the state. So you make your way down to Jacksonville. Let's talk about the pre-cruise experience because we actually had a chance to meet before you boarded Carnival Elation. Yeah, it was absolutely great. Uh, of course, the the restaurant you actually recommended the sandbar right there uh, on the on the exit way for where we would be sailing out of the next day on the canal. Is it called the canal, Doug? I don't know what what to officially call it, but uh, it was it was a great location, and uh, we were so excited to uh, not only get to uh, hang out with the group, but also uh, get to meet you. Yeah, it was a great spot, live music, good food, and and great company. Yeah, it was awesome. That was actually called the St. John's River, and good times at the Sand Dollar. It's um, it's always a favorite to go there and watch the ships leave when somebody comes in town because you can almost like throw a stone and hit the ship. Not that you would want to, but uh, you almost could from that restaurant at the pier there. So let's talk about uh, boarding Elation. How was that? Embarkation was uh, pretty pretty nice. The terminal is a little smaller than what we had um, experienced in the past. But very well ran, wouldn't you say, Tony? Yeah, absolutely. We had faster to the fun, so we were able to get to the terminal fairly early. We used uh, a parking service, and they actually parked us right across the street from the terminal in a kind of fenced-off grass lot, which was kind of interesting. But the the embarkation process was really smooth. Uh, We showed our ID at security. Uh, Traditionally, in the past, we were used to you know going through security, getting all of our stuff scanned, and then going to another little desk area Mm -hmm. to to get our final check-in. But now that the uh, sale and sign cards. We're at the staterooms. Uh, once we showed our secure our, our uh, IDs to security, that was it as far as the check-in process goes. And we were we were moved to the faster the fun line. And once the terminal, we got there probably uh, a little bit after eleven. They started letting folks on at eleven thirty, and so right when they let folks on the cruise ship, uh, we we went right in. I'm curious, how much cheaper is that parking lot across from the pier against parking at the pier itself? Yeah, we I think we paid uh, we prepaid and it was fifty four dollars for the five days. Uh, that was like taxes and stuff included, so it wasn't wasn't super expensive. I think the port was maybe seventy or eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. Right, and we we've enjoyed in the past getting the shuttle right up to the terminal. Right, um, us not realizing how much smaller Jacksonville terminal was and the parking is very convenient there. I think we wound up only saving maybe like $20. Yeah. And that is a big part of it. Just being able to be dropped off, uh, you know, the, the drop your luggage right there with the, the, the luggage handlers, the porters, and uh, you don't have to drag it everywhere. I think that's probably one of the reasons why we prefer to use a shuttle service. Not only you, often you save money uh, from the actual port parking, but uh, there's a convenience factor too. You make your way on board Carnival Elation. What were your first impressions? So our first, so when we um, went on the ship, it was our first time going on deck three. Usually on the fantasy class, we enter into the atrium, so that was a little different. Um, but then once we got up to the atrium, it was lovely, decorated for Halloween, and and you know that beautiful Carnival atrium, you know, from floor to ceiling. Yeah, that's that's the thing I always get excited about. Uh, even on the fantasy class ships, 
and and I know we haven't been on the Vista or the Horizon yet, and I know that they've they don't have that big open atrium, but that's one of my favorite things. And yeah, like Jenny said, I was shocked that we went in on a lower level instead of walking right into the atrium. But once we did get up to the atrium, the Halloween decor was really cool. They have the big statue of uh, the Patch the Pumpkin Pirate, and so it was all decked out for Halloween. But it is hard to beat that natural light coming in that atrium that that does go. I think it's three or four decks worth and uh even though it's small it's super impressive i, I was really impressed walking on and we'd we'd been tracking with it we we knew about this cruise for about a year and during that time the elation had the uh, 2.0 upgrades and so we knew that we were going to come into what seemed like a fairly fresh and new ship and that was definitely uh that was definitely the takeaway once we got in it was it was looking good it was ready to go that's one thing I'll say about the uh, the Elation refurb is they left no stone unturned when they when they um, brought that ship to dry dock. I mean, they changed the chairs out on the ship. They even refreshed every single stateroom on there. And speaking of that, what kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? So we booked um, an interior, but we were very fortunate this uh, <laughs> cruise to be able to experience two different uh and uh, staterooms. Yeah, so we also got to experience an ocean view room. So the stateroom was great. Uh, standard, you know, interior. Wasn't anything too shocking there. It was uh, beautifully decorated. And, uh, you know, what I really liked, part of the upgrades, uh, USB charging stations by, you know, on the nightstand area, the right by your head in the wall there. But we also got to experience uh, water falling out of the ceiling on the last uh, next to the last day of our cruise so that's how we got to try two stateroom cabins on the very uh last day before the last sea day uh, we sprung a leak in the middle of the night and we got moved to another room so we, we were able to try a, an interior room and an and an ocean view room uh at least for one day yeah so was the ocean room bigger than the interior no not really the ocean view really was uh the interior it seemed with windows so uh, and it was on a lower deck so we were on um the the first the room was, was on mm-hmm. the empress deck so right there on the same level as as the atrium and then uh the the room that we had to go to because of the leak was on deck four and uh yeah it it wasn't much bigger let's talk about the dining on board carnival elation of course you don't have a steakhouse or anything like that but you do have the funship 2.0 upgrade so let's start in the main dining room uh, what time dining did you have and what did you think of that service we had early time dining, um, worked out very well for us. It, it, it does take about two hours to get through that. Uh, main dining room food was excellent. Service was good. Uh, we, we stayed long enough to get the lights turned on and off on us, you know, to, to, uh, to leave that main dining room. But yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah, so a shorter cruise for us. And that was the first uh, time that we've ever eaten in the main dining room every night of the sailing, and uh, it was it was really nice. Any favorite dishes or takeaways? I mean, of course, the escargot is always oh, yes. uh, one of my favorite appetizers, and I do love their lasagna. Mm. Yeah, I had spare ribs. The, that stands out as something I remember being great. And then uh, I, I really enjoy the creme brulee, so yeah, it was, it was delicious. Very good. Let's go to the Lido deck now. How was that? I think we only tried that once, maybe for breakfast. Um, you know, the typical bananas and oatmeal and, and all that good stuff. Of course, one of my favorites is uh, the chocolate milk mm-hmm. that they have out there <laughs> all the time and uh, the 24-hour pizza. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of interesting. We, we we did just do the buffet the one day, and we did the late-night buffet mm-hmm. a couple times. Uh, I think at 11 o'clock they had a limited kind of late night buffet that had maybe hot dogs and uh, a couple like uh, chicken finger sandwiches. I think that was mostly the only time I hit the buffet. 
but I, I spent more time, I would say, toward the the back of that buffet area at the at the Pizza Pirate. Solid food there, that's for sure. Let's walk outside and talk about Guy's Burger Joint in the Blue Iguana Cantina. Oh, of course, the Guy's Burger is fantastic uh, with their fries, and the Blue Iguana happens to be one of my favorite. Their breakfast burrito is uh, phenomenal with their crispy potatoes, and um, I enjoy their taco uh, salads with the uh, steak, lime steak is fantastic. Yeah, that may have been my favorite part of the upgrade. Uh, the last Fantasy Class ship we were on was on the Paradise before it got the refurb, mm-hmm. and so uh, I, I was kind of jonesing for uh, a guy's burger, had that on embarkation day, and I did eat blue iguana burritos uh, every day for breakfast, so two <laughs> of my favorite spots uh, on Carnival. We'll go from food to entertainment. How was that? Entertainment was good. Cam was our uh, cruise director. He he kept the fun alive and going. Uh, we hit the comedy club a couple of nights, and and of course the love and marriage uh, show. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't actually catch any of the song and dance. We do like those things, but uh, again, hosting folks, uh, we we tried to stay grouped up. So we uh, we spent time in the karaoke bar. And so we would meet in places like that. But uh, the love and marriage, uh, sometimes to me, that's that's how you tell whether the cruise directors got their game on or not. And uh, Cam did an excellent job uh, with the love and marriage show. You you mentioned you were traveling with a group. So like, were you like throwing cocktail parties and different things with your group throughout the sailing? We did uh, have one shared cocktail party for folks that came along with us, but we did some really interesting special events. Since it was Halloween, we hosted our own Halloween costume, uh, and we also did some fun things around uh, around the sports deck. We had a, a putt-putt contest, a cornhole contest, and we even, we even gave a participation trophy out for karaoke. So kind of uh, pulled the group together around those type activities. Now you have to tell me, did one of you sing karaoke? Uh, Tony is the singer and, you know, I don't touch the microphone there. the support. Tony, what did you sing? Uh, it was pretty fun. I sang on a couple nights. I think the big highlight, uh, for my Halloween costume, uh, I have short hair and I'm an older guy, so I have short gray hair. Uh, my Halloween costume included a black, uh, mullet. And so, uh, uh, on the, on the karaoke night that we were dressed up for Halloween, uh, we closed the karaoke bar down uh, with a, a version of Bohemian Rhapsody that included headbanging of the mullet. So it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I love it. So on sea days, what'd you think of it as far as crowds and congestion? I don't think it was too bad. Um, the areas that we, we did tea time, um, we were in the casino, what else? Oh, we did the slot tournament. That I think that's that true. we didn't we didn't go down to the pool. That's for sure. No, we we don't hang out by the Lido too much on sea days. We we're pretty good about uh, figuring out ways to avoid the crowd. And again, we were grouped up a little bit. Uh, we did do the slot tournament uh, that somebody had hosted through Facebook. That's the first time we'd ever had a, a slot tournament experience. And that thing took like a couple hours. I was shocked at how long it, it takes to run a slot tournament. And that was our first experience, so I don't know if it's normal or not. But the first C day, we spent a good amount of time uh, near the casino trying to do that slot slot pull. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't the slot tournament through the through the ship. It was an organized slot pull that somebody had done through Facebook. So that was an interesting experience. And I think it happens on most cruises. I, I, so it was uh, – but but we're on the fence about whether we would do another one, actually. Yeah, so how does that work? Or do you just, like, you throw in, like, 20 bucks or so, and then you split the pot at the end of the pull? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, this was organized through Facebook. I think there was uh, over a hundred people who put in twenty dollars. Everybody sits at the so they feed the machine with all that money, which took a while. And then uh, everybody takes their four taps of uh, five dollars each. And then at the end, uh, they divvy it up. So we uh, put in twenty dollars each, and uh, we we took a loss of six dollars each. And so it uh, it took a uh, probably almost three hours to uh, get our thirteen dollars each returned out of the twenty dollars. But it was interesting. But there were so many people uh, you couldn't really see what was going on. So basically, you waited for them to yell your name out, and then you just found somewhere to sit around. I'm not a huge. Uh, those casinos on the fantasy class ships are fairly smoky, no matter what time of day. And I'm not a big smoke guy, and so it was it was a little bit of a challenge to sit there for a few hours waiting for that slot tournament or slot pull to be over. On this cruise, you went to Nassau, Bahamas, and Half Moon K. So how was Nassau? So uh, Jenny stayed on the ship, and I actually uh, went out with a group, and we just explored on foot. And uh, I'm not much of a, a walking around kind of guy, but I think we walked seven miles that day. We kind of organized our own tour. And that's what I would say. Nassau is one of those places where there are, there's many things close to the port where you can have a good time. We went to the furthest place first. We went to the Gray Cliff Chocolatier. It's a little chocolate shop that you can see uh, you know, chocolate being made. And they also have a, a cigar section there where you can partake in a tour of the cigar rolling place. And you can even uh, pay to roll your own cigars. We stopped there briefly, looked around, and then we moved over to the John Watling's Rum Distillery. Uh, we, we had some rum drinks, and we did a tour of the distillery, uh, went to the gift shop, and then we made our way to the uh, Pirate Republic uh, uh, microbrew uh, and sampled some of the fare there. And then we were with a guy that said, oh, I've heard about this uh, Bahamas Rum Cake Factory, and uh, that was not close to the uh to the port we we took a hike and went and found uh what everybody said was a great alternative to tortuga uh rum cakes and sure enough it was just local there to nassau and really good but it's it's a little bit off the beaten path i i felt comfortable that i was in a large group because we walked through some some uh some fairly uh questionable looking parts of nassau to get to this rum cake factory i did consisted of staying on the ship i did some with my nieces and nephews and uh the ship hosted a nice arts and crafts and the hot tubs were empty. And that was the shortest line that I saw on guys, the whole ship, <laughs> the whole, the whole sailing. I was going to ask you, Jenny, are you a spa girl? Um, I would like to say I am, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. I love the fact that you said that guys burger joint was wide open because if I stayed on the ship, I would probably be living there the whole entire time. Can we ask you a question real quick? Yeah. What's the deal with donkey sauce? I don't think we ever had it, but everybody says donkey sauce is really what makes uh, guys go to the next level. Are you familiar with this donkey sauce all phenomenon? I know, it's a garlic aioli. Oh, really? That's all it is. Do you just sm- smother the burger with it? Dip yeah. your fries in it? What's the What's the technique? You know what? I mean, I've I've never actually. Uh, I'm not a huge mayonnaise person, but I just take what the guy puts behind the counter, like just squirts like a big glop of it on there. But uh, I think on the toppings bar, there's also some donkey sauce as well. If you want to dip your fries in it and stuff, it's actually um, for not liking mayo. It's actually pretty approachable for me. All right. We're going to have to try that donkey sauce. Absolutely. The next port of call was Half Moon K. What did you do there? Uh, Basically, we swam in that crystal blue water. That's the first time we'd actually been to Half Moon K. And it was the first time that we um, 
have swam in the ocean on our on our cruising experience. So it was uh, it was it was it was wonderful. The water there super clear. Uh, and we had some friends that went snorkeling. Uh, we have a buddy, uh, Matt, who you met that night, who works at the Florida Aquarium, who was a huge uh, creature fanatic, and he was able to find uh, an octopus there in the reef. And so uh, it, it was it was a blast. We just swam and went to the beach and did a little bit of the buffet that they had set up there. Yeah, it was a nice laid back day. Just beautiful. That beach is absolutely gorgeous at Half Moon Cay. Uh, we did have a couple of friends that had the clamshells, and we were able to get some uh, shade under there. Talk to me about the island barbecue they have on Half Moon Cay, because I'm going there pretty soon, and I'm curious, should I get food on the ship, or should I just grab the barbecue there? Here's the interesting thing. There was a medical emergency when we left Nassau, and so about four hours after we left Nassau, we had to return to take somebody to uh, off the ship. And so we got into Half Moon Cay later than we than we anticipated. And what I didn't realize is most of the provisions for Half Moon Cay come off of the ship. And so to me, the the food was really rushed that day. And it, I say the quality of it wasn't as good as what we what you would normally get on the ship. But I think there was that variable there that they had less time. So yeah, the 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 service was shorter, and I think they were rushed to prepare it. And so uh, the, the food left me a little lacking, but uh, at the same time, I was thinking possibly it was because of the challenges that they had the day before. How organized was the tendering operation between the ship and Half Moon? Yeah, it worked well. I mean, to, one of our favorite things about having Faster the Fun is that you get priority tender service, and uh, that worked well. We did have an interesting experience coming back uh, once we tendered back to the ship. Uh, it, it connected to the ship briefly. And then there was some mismatch between, uh, you know, the tender boat and the ship, and we actually uh, detached and circled around again. I'd never experienced that on a tender service, but we it took us two tries to get back on the ship. Yes. So you get back to Jacksonville. How was your debark? Our debark was fantastic. Again, with the fast of the fun, um, and we do self-assist with our luggage. I think we were back in our car, would you say, like by 8? Yeah, I think 8 a.m. We So we, we were able to meet at 6.30 in the main theater. Uh, of course, we were carrying all of our luggage. And once they kind of get that going, we, we didn't wait at all. We went right off the ship. And even the customs portion was fairly quick. Uh, I can't think of any delay at all. Are they still using the blue customs form uh, here in Jax? Nope. No, no, no customs form at all. They, they leave it up to you to declare if you if you have anything. So, uh, of course, uh, you know, people that aren't used to the, the customs process, most of the ports have, uh, you know, dogs and they have certain things that they look for. And so I would I would uh, I would caution folks that if you have things to declare, make sure that you do that. Most of the time you're not going to be stopped, but you don't want to be in that situation where you didn't cl- declare and then that gets discovered. But, yeah, you don't have to fill out a form. You can walk right off, answer a couple questions at the custom agent, and then you're on your way. Any first-time tips for carnival elation? Uh, So a couple that come to mind, like the embarkation, what time they give you to arrive – Definitely follow that that time frame because they were tur- they were turning people away if they were too early. Um, and then also on sea days, I would definitely recommend to do tea time. How is tea time? It's fantastic. You know, they they bring you some nice teas and uh, what were those little san- little sandwiches like cucumber sandwiches and little desserts. It's a, it's nice and relaxing and 
you know, it's it's pinkies up, Doc. <laughs> it's pinkies there up. There you go. I mean, that's all you have to say. Um, <laughs> sure. I, I want to ask you guys, actually, because um, you spent some time in the casino during the slot pool, um, what is the smoking situation like? Uh, you mentioned it was kind of bad in the casino and outside of the casino, like along the promenade and going into the atrium. I didn't feel it was so overwhelming. I know in the past on other carnival ships it was super overwhelming. I think maybe with this upgrade they may have done some ventilation fixes. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, when we were on the Carnival Fantasy, as soon as you hit the promenade deck, you could smell smoke almost anywhere. I'm super sensitive to it. But I do agree on the elation. uh, It didn't get really bad until you could actually see the casino. Like I I know if you're standing out where the atrium was, I I don't recall smelling smoke or going down toward the club toward the toward the aft of the ship. But but once you were there around the casino bar and uh, anywhere around the casino, it was it was definitely smoke. Looking back on this cruise, what was the biggest highlight for both of you? I mean, I think for us, uh, again, it was a unique situation. It's the first time we'd cruised during Halloween. It's the first time we'd hosted a group of people. And so the highlight for us was really that people interaction. That that would include uh, uh, meeting you on the, on the pre-cruise. Uh, so much of this cruise was not really about the port or the ship, but it was really about um, – you know, cruising with people that we'd made connections to previously, uh, virtually, and then actually seeing that come to fruition and actually meeting people in real life. That yeah. I, I think that's my highlight. Yeah, I would have to agree. People and um, experience. Yeah. yeah. In closing here, what are your final thoughts of Carnival Elation? Uh, I think they did a great job by putting that guy's burger over there. Um, and I think they really did a nice job with the in, with the decor, especially in the uh, staterooms, the cabins uh, with the USB and, and the colors of of the um, comforters and sheets and stuff. And of course, you know, those carnival beds are just so comfortable. Yeah. It, it was really nice, and, and I thought about this a lot. We had uh, we had new cruisers with us. It was the first time our adult daughter had cruised with us, and one of Jenny's lifelong friends had cruised with us. And uh, the question comes up, is it better to start on a small ship or a larger ship? I, I feel very confident recommending uh, taking a small ship for your first cruise. So easy to find find your way around the ship. And uh, they had a blast, the, the folks that were first-time cruisers. So uh, my final thoughts, really, if, if you're new to cruising, if you're just getting into it, uh, don't be afraid of the small ship. Uh, it really is a nice introduction to cruising. And I thought, I thought the Elation would be a great first ship for anybody. Perfect. I wanted you to give a plug out to your Lalita Loca cruising community. Yeah, so uh, it really started out with uh, our first cruise. We made a Facebook community to try to stay connected to people that we'd met and people that shared this passion for cruising. And so on Facebook, we are the Lalita Loca Cruising Community. We also have a YouTube channel where we where we capture all these things. If, if the idea of uh, hearing this strange voice and actually seeing it in a mullet, uh, you can actually <laughs> see that over on the Lalita Loca YouTube channel. And if Tony's voice sounds familiar, it's because he's the co-host of of the Cruise Geeks podcast. Yeah, taking a lot of inspiration uh, from cruiseradio.net, my buddy Matt Allen, again, a science educator at the Florida Aquarium in Tampa. Uh, We're we're almost on episode 50, so we're we're getting close to doing it for a year. Uh, Matt's uh, Matt's the brains. He tells us every week about uh, interesting uh, sea creatures and so many things, and uh, and I'm the color commentary guy. So uh, if, if if you can't get enough in your ears, when you get done listening to Doug, come check us out at the Cruise Geeks podcast 
and uh, we'd love to have you over there. We'll also link that up in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Good talking to you. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We'd love to see you, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.